Welcome back to the Defending Your Divas podcast. Cast, All cast, right. cast. <laughs> I'm David Davila. And I am Danny Hidalgo. And this is the podcast where we defend our divas to the death. Uh, we take them to court, we drag them, we bury them, we resurrect them. On the third day, we have coffee. Um, yeah, Danny, how are you doing? I'm doing really, really well. Like I said, I told you before we started recording, I just like was working out to do a Lipa for like an hour. Oh so my I gosh. feel super energetic. And Pop Emergency Dua Lipa is re- re- is re-releasing her album. Yeah, uh, which is funny because yeah, which is funny because you had sent me that video, that picture that she had posted uh, with I think because she had she had at the time only announced that she had had a remix with Madonna and I forgot who else it was. But Gwen Stefani yeah. was in the picture, and we were both like, "Why is Gwen why Stefani is in, this in this picture?" And then we, we realized. <laughs> That it's a whole remix album <laughs> yeah. that's including yeah. uh, Gwen Stefani in there. A bunch of other cool remixes on it. It sounds like it's going to be great. I was mad <laughs> that Gwen Stefani was in the same picture with Madonna because I always thought she just ripped off Madonna's whole look. My friend Nathan from high school, who I'm still friends with on Facebook, is going to be livid when he hears this because he is actually like one of Gwen Stefani's biggest fans. Like he followed her on tour for years. They are actually friends now. Oh, wow. And he messaged me about coming on to defend her. And uh, he's going to be so mad when he hears this. Because I, I actually love, I love No Doubt, when Tragic Kingdom came out. I'll never forget where I was the first time I heard uh, I'm Just a Girl. I was, it was like 5 a, 5.30 in the morning. I was listening to Casey's Top 40. And my dad was driving me to a Saturday early morning tennis match. And just a girl came on it was number 40 it was like the first one and i was like i've never heard anything like this and it was the beginning of the second half of the 90s i always loved how in her solo career like <laughs> two of her biggest songs sampled broadway um songs mm. um which i always thought was kind of cool. yeah she likes to borrow from other cultures yeah <clears throat> we won't uh we won't talk about that now but i'm super excited had the- madonna and dua lipa because i feel like dua lipa deserves to be on that level. Yeah, Dua Lipa's like kind the next, of the, the I feel like level she, up pop wise. Well, she's also like the, one of the only, I think big artists right now that's singing actual pop music. Oh, or what I define so it, what, what I define as pop music, because if you know, like the in the like er, like 2010s, that was. I when, disagree like, because I think Ariana Grande is, but go on. Go well, on, no, I'm on. not saying she's the only one, but I'm saying she's one of the. <laughs> she's one, well, but no, but even Ariana Grande, I feel like her sound is a little bit more R and B hip-hop influenced it's pop music but i would say like dua lipa is like that's a straight up pop anthem. oh it's a dua lipa like, is like disco yeah, yeah i remember when i heard uh I, I was i was joked because um i remember my cat was sitting right next to me and it was when physical the song premiered and i looked at my cat after i heard the first chorus and i was like this is fucking it like yes, this bitch it is, is, is like it oh is. my god and that's the Even song though that physical just really sounds like another song um New Attitude by Patti LaBelle. Love her. Uh, I got a new attitude. Hearts up. Follow the noise, baby. Keep on dancing like we ain't got a choice. Ooh, 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 ooh. I got a new attitude. Let's get physical. Oh, but that song, I mean, that song gets me so pumped yes up, and like, all of the videos uh, there's three different videos and they're all like amazing yeah she she's she's great i and, and you know what's funny is i'm I, i'm kind of glad that she because she came out with her first album which was really huge which but is I felt amazing like she was yeah but i felt like she was taking a really long time to come out with her second album and i even said to my friends i was like i don't know if she's gonna be able to like she's taking too long like people are gonna I'm forget about glad her she did because people um, kept discovering her because even just like 
a year ago, one of my coworkers was like, I just discovered Dua Lipa. Even at, like the album had already like disappeared off of the gay radar. And she was like, I just discovered Dua Lipa. And I was like, girl, listen to the whole album. It's amazing. She came back to work the next day and was like, she was dead from that album. Yeah. She was like, dead. And my mom just figured out who Dua Lipa was. And she was like, what a clever stage name. And I was like, mom, that's her name. <laughs> Is that her real name? That's her real name. Yeah, she's Albanian. What? So I mean. She, oh, really? Uh, I feel yeah. like it's an Italian name, right? No, no, no. She's Albanian. She's like, I believe she she speaks fluent. And everything. I think like she's I think she's actually from there. I mean, she's lips, from the UK. Right? But... That's what it sounds like. Two lips. She's <laughs> talking like... about her upstairs lips or her downstairs lips. Oh my god, David. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, I lo- I, lo- I, lo- I love Dua Lipa. I think she's great. I think um, she's with Madonna really... and Levitating is the best song on the album. And I was kind of upset that it wasn't getting like radio attention or like it hasn't have been released to radio and i hope that this means that this release with madonna will be released to radio i hope that this means that it will chart i want to see it at the top of the charts um oh my gosh we have to talk about uh wap oh yeah oh my gosh cardi b and megan three stallion released a song called wap wet Wet ass pussy. You can say it. This is a podcast. <laughs> I know. Well, it's know not that I don't though? want to say you it. It's that I, I don't like I, saying that word. I actually, I actually didn't. I'm too um, gay. I didn't. I didn't hear the song first. I saw the video first. Which in the video, it's wet and gushy. So yeah, I was like, I didn't. I, I didn't understand. I was like, well, why is the song called Wop? But like even that. even and in the a, wet and gushy, there's a part where she says wop. Well, wop, yeah, that's wop, why there's a, there's a part where Cardi B goes wop, and I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's why it's called, it's wop. called wop. Like, I don't understand why she just didn't name it wet and gushy. And then I heard it on Spotify, and I was like, oh, God. I actually it. think wet and gushy is is more catchy than wet ass pussy. Like, yeah, I although feel like I wet and gushy what, is clever, and it's gonna be what on the radio, I do like about will be singing it. What I do like about this song is it reminds me so much of that like late '90s when like female rap was like Lil Kim and it was like really Kim, dirty, yeah. sexual. Like yes, when they were just my all neck, talking about my yeah. back, like my um, and I kind of feel guy. like Cardi's Cardi's. Well, I feel like a lot of Cardi's music is a, is more of a throwback to kind of the early '90s rap, which I think she's said was her biggest influences in rap but i'm going to predict it right now that song is going to be number one in like two days they're going to announce that it's number one it already has 50 million views and uh the video and and it's just it's definitely coming to number one it's going to dethrone taylor swift and come in for number one and i don't think that dua lipa levitating with madonna will be able to dethrone wop i think it's going to be too big no i don't think so you don't. You don't. Well, think it, I don't know. I don't, don't know. I have to hear it. I, it or I have think, to. I have to hear it first. I mean, I, I don't think, think it's going to be able to dethrone WAP. I think WAP's well, going to be too big of a song. Well, also, I, feel like it's I don't gonna think. Be I mean, weeks. I don't think Madonna Women really has patriarchy. that power anymore to where it's like. No, oh, but Madonna, Madonna with Dua Lipa. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think and maybe it's a them separate two, single. Them like, two together, maybe, potential. but I don't think Dua without a video. Dua isn't yet the type of artist where like she can come out with anything and people will just buy it. I don't feel like she's that yet. Which um, is a shame. I really yeah. feel like she like there were so many songs that should have been number one off the first album and off the second album. So it's just whatever. Well, she was really oh. kind of a grower. Like I remember New Rules <laughs> when that song came out. I first heard about that a while ago and then I was like, oh wow, this song is super catchy. And it wasn't until like a few months later where they really were playing it heavy on the radio. Yeah, New Rules for sure should have been number one. It peaked at like number I think that was wasn't that her wasn't that her like big breakout hit new rule. It was her it was her crossover to America hit. Yeah, she had already yeah. had a few European hits. Um 
And then they subsequently released some of those to the US later. But yeah, that was like her intro. That video is amazing. That's one of the best videos of the last 10 years, 20 years maybe. Brilliant, genius. Yeah, new rules. Okay. What, you haven't seen the video? I've seen the video. I don't With know if I agree that it's the best in 20 oh, years, but I, 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 I think sure it's a great, so. I think it's a great genius pop video. video. Genius video. Yeah. She like reinvented choreography. Well, she probably didn't, but whoever her chore- And you know what? Those are the same dancers. The, the video, the dancers in the new rules video are the same dancers in her new videos in physical and in I all, actually do love dancers. when artists do that. That reminds now. me of, um, of Madonna actually, and Britney uh, well, Spears. Well, yeah, and, and Britney Spears. Because yeah. if you look at Britney Spears' like first three albums, she had she all the same, same dancers. The hot in Asian every, guy that I loved. Yeah, TJ she had Espinosa all the same dancers in every single highlights. video. And it was funny because if you were like a Britney stan like I was, you like knew them. You were like, yes, all these dancers. And Madonna's dancers too. I mean, Madonna, I mean, um, Willie Ninja, and, and there's a documentary about Madonna's backup dancers, yeah. actually. I think Lady Gaga really had sad, a lot of the actually. same it's dancers, It's really too. sad. Have you yeah. seen the the uh, Strike a Pose? The... Yes, I have, actually, yeah. It's kind of sad. Like, they had a terrible life. I Some actually, it's funny. I actually watched Strike a Pose right after I had watched Truth or Dare for the first time, because I wanted them to be, like, fresh in my memory. Um, and, yeah, it was, it was, um, was kind of sad, because you would think, like, at the time, there's really nothing bigger than working with, there would have been nothing bigger than working with Madonna. And so yeah, they became you kind famous. of, yeah, but you kind of think like, oh, well, if you're a dancer and you book a tour with Madonna, well, yeah, there you go. Your career's made for the rest of your life, isn't it? Um, and then it, it was. Well, it kind of would have been if some of them hadn't, I mean, two of them died of AIDS. Yeah. And then one of them, uh, two of them like got really big into drugs. I mean, I think they mm-hmm. got so wrapped up in the party scene yeah. that it just like ruined their lives. And then like spiral. three of them, like three of them like sued her, didn't they? Yeah, they all sued her um, uh, over Truth or Dare, I believe. Like yeah. saying or they Truth didn't or have mm-hmm. the, yeah. she didn't have the right, but she actually or did. Or like the, that she, they said that apparently, I think that they didn't, she said that certain things that they filmed weren't going to be shown, like certain things about, I think, them being gay or something. Yeah. And, and then I guess she did show it. And I mean, I don't, who knows yeah, whether I, that's true or not. But it, was it thrown out? I don't remember, but it ruined their relationship. So, yeah. Um, Kevin Stea is one of the back, is one of those dancers. He's the um, the Asian one. And he's had a really good career because he went yeah. on to, he but was he actually was one a gold member. We were talking about gold member. Yeah, he was one of the ones that sued Madonna, though, I think. He was. I, he was one of the ones that sued Madonna. And I remember there was a really, there was a really, there was a part in the strike a pose documentary where he had kind of said that he always felt i don't know if he necessarily regrets it but that he said that he always felt bad because he said he feels like know, to this day madonna is like friends. mad at him yeah and then or... she's still mad at them that was really sad i yeah. i really like i cried watching that documentary it was so sad and yeah. i feel bad there was a... but kevin stay has had a good career like he was in gold yeah. he was in rent he's in showgirls oh my gosh he's in showgirls he's in the scene where they throw the pearls on the floor that's kevin stay yeah and he he's did, in uh... birdcage he's in naked voice singing he is the naked maid in naked voice there was a really a part of that documentary though that just rubbed me the wrong way and it was the part where I think what's his name? Um, I forgot the name of the dancer. He was, I think, the Puerto Rican one. Jose um, where his mom was talking about like, oh, you should have like bought me a house and done all this. I that, felt that so... the wrong way. I f- it was sad. He's it was sad. No, no, no. It was like, it, was, it was, sad, was sad, but it was also like I don't know. I felt like that was just horrible for the mom to like Wait. put that on him. 
We, um, we, yeah. I don't think that was fair. I don't know. I, but she wasn't tell. She wasn't telling. Oh, he was sitting right there in front of her. He was yeah, right he was sitting there, and she was like, was, "Oh, he said that he was going to buy me a house." And I, I was almost like wanted to it smack that mom. I was like, "How dare you say?" I will that? say that since that was filmed, because that came out in 2016, so it was probably filmed in 2014, 2015. Since that came out, he he was hired sure. by Pose, the the show Pose, as a consultant. He's working on the show Pose. He's uh, done other things. He was choreographing again. Um, so Pose. I hope he's in a better place. And I do um, love that show, Pose. Uh, again, yeah, it's an amazing show. Um, side note, I know that it's centered on the um, black and brown uh, trans women, but they started a, a thread about a trans attracted man in season one who worked for Donald Trump. And I kind of want to know where that story's going. One, because I think it's oh, important the one who was with see... the, the one who was with Angel. Yeah, I feel like it's yeah. important to see to, to see trans attracted men on TV and normalize that, one. And two, um, showing like the disgusting greed of America and Donald Trump yeah. and all that. I really like that aspect of the show too. So I hope they bring that back for season three. Yeah, I also really liked in that storyline because initially I think in the first episode or two where you see him, because Angel is her, the character um, and India Moore, she's kind of people, you know, um, got it. people kind of say, well, you know, she's passing, which means quote unquote, she looks like a cisgender woman. Right. Um, but they make it very, very clear in the story that he is specifically attracted to trans women because they have like the scene where he's looking at the like I think like the trans um, magazine or something like that. And I and I did like that that they were bringing attention to actually a man who is actually um, attracted to trans women, not simply you know a trans woman that looks like a cis woman. Yeah, yeah, I get, anyway. what I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's kind of, um, it's it's so funny, too, because when you look at um, the um, pose, which, of course, I think it's it's pretty fair to say that their biggest inspiration was uh, maybe Paris is Burning. Um, but uh, what was I going to, oh, when I first watched um, Paris is Burning for the first time a few years, uh, well, no, it was more than a few years ago. I think I was Wait, like let's 20. bring on Ryan and then talk about this, because Ryan's waiting in the wings. Can oh, yeah, this is the last thing that I was going to say, but all right. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say that um, I initially was so fascinated by all the kind of characters in that movie that I was like, oh my God, I want to look up what they're all doing. And I even was like, I'm going to go to, if they're still doing balls, I'm going to go and see them in a ball. And literally they've all passed away. Like, I think there's only like one or two of them that are still alive from that documentary. Yeah, that's really sad. Well, we have a special guest that we want to bring on. Yes, we have a very special guest today joining us on the podcast. The hilarious, funny uh, Ryan Ramirez. He's here to defend Fergie's rendition of the national anthem. Uh, Fergie! Ryan... <laughs> Fergie Fergs, the Duchess. Ryan is a writer, which means he is currently in the middle of binge-watching the CW series, The 100's final season. He's aimlessly biking around town and thinking about writing that thing he's working on eventually uh he's a funny man a comedian improviser one extraordinaire let's uh welcome to the podcast please everybody put your hands together and snap for ryan ramirez ryan 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 how are you i'm good uh, <laughs> it's an honor to be here <laughs> You can't see, but Ryan is sporting a super sexy 70s porn stash and a NASA t-shirt uh, because he's from Houston. Um, the stash from Houston, not NASA. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, 
uh, I forgot that that's up? what you call welcome it. To, welcome to the podcast. Uh, um, how do you feel about um, divas? Who's your favorite diva? Oh my gosh, I, we have to ask you. Mm-hmm. Who, who are your divas that you stand and who are your divas that are overrated? Okay, divas that, that I stand. It's been a while. For, I feel like I'm not standing as well as I used to. We just don't have the time. You just don't have the time when you get older. <laughs> um, but I would say definitely like my my um, pillars of diva diva <laughs> are um, Janet Jackson. Yes. Mariah Carey. Of course. Um, but like, who else? Who like do I like? Oh, I live for her. Um, I'm going to just throw this out. This is like, this is probably a diva I would be happy to defend again in the future. And she is a diva in my heart. Is Karen Carpenter. Rest in peace. Oh, oh what yeah. What would you defend though? Huh? What would you defend of Karen Carpenter? I think I would have to defend that she's like very formative for the future of like, Pop chantreuses, chantreuses. <laughs> Wait, elusive chantreuses? Yeah, I would say like I would, I would go. Well, I mean, first of all, I, I feel like people. I don't even have to defend. I have to remind slash inform, educate um, the future about Karen Carpenter. Um, okay. So anyway, there's that. So what did I say? Janet, um, Mimi, Karen Carpenter. You know who else I really love? I love Donna Summer. Oh great, Madonna, love her. Madonna. And then some, and then also, I I think Whitney. Even though Whitney is one, someone I don't always like go to, Whitney's probably a part of the soundtrack of my life without realizing it. You know, and then maybe honorable mention would be Dolly Parton. Uh, oh, yeah. love her. Okay, well, all right. Well, you passed the test. We can confirm you are a gay man. Great. I feel like Dolly Parton is the only Dolly Parton's like the only artist that I've ever. Had where I don't think I've ever heard someone be like, I hate Dolly Parton. I mean, I'm sure there's some out there, but like I've never met one. How can you hate Dolly Parton? She's just uh, well, so that's nice. the thing. Yeah. yeah. You would have to be Jolene, but even Jolene feels bad for Dolly Parton. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Jolene got a whole damn classic song made about her. I don't cry me a river. Uh-huh. Cry me a river, which is a song about Britney Spears. You don't stand Britney Spears, right? No, it's not about Britney Spears. It's not about her. Crimey River totally by Justin about, Timberlake. It's about. It's totally about Britney. No, Spears. it's like it's it's probably in the mix, but I believe it to be about uh, Elijah Cuthbert, who's your homegirl. Well, didn't he? Didn't he put Britney Spears in the video? Or well, like a lookalike put a Britney Britney Spears in the video? But, uh, uh, Elijah Cuthbert, whatever her name is, she that was. It's alleged that that is the song about that. Everyone no, wants no, no, no. Britney. No, he confirmed it. But Britney he confirmed they it had, on t- kind of moved on, no. especially in the pop. No. timeline which runs a little bit faster nope. than us no mortals there was already like <laughs> i believe it's about elijah um but let no let, way but here Sorry. am i i'm not here to defend justin timberlake or uh, <laughs> God. yeah i think justin timberlake to be completely honest was defended enough during the yeah. super bowl era which i'm still pissed about yeah, oh, yeah we need but, to defend um, janet hey, just to, oh just i know janet. and janet threw him a bone there with that too and what did he do he threw her under the bus so Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then wait, you asked me who I um, who I think over- it's overrated. Yeah. Oh man, um, I'm gonna just jump it right off the bat. Here we go. I'm gonna burn bridges right now. I'm gonna say uh, Katy Perry, Taylor Swift. Um, I'm gonna probably say Megan Trainer. Um, Megan Trainer's overrated. I feel like doesn't she only have like one hit? <laughs> like 
<laughs> well, really, but I mean, really, like, what, 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 what is Megan Trainer like known for other than her all about that base? Like, any rating isn't over. So, oh, oh okay. Wow. No, like, there's Brutal. certain, like, no, 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 no. Like, Brutal. I'm just saying, like, Megan Trainer and the Grand, like, okay, he said, like, Katy Perry's overrated, and that I could understand because Katy Perry, there was like a five to six year period where, like, every song she came out with was like just mm-hmm. there so that i can understand taylor swift i get because she's huge but i don't know i just feel like megan trainer i'm just like you're saying girl. she's not rated at all so she's well not i just overrated. feel like but megan i just feel like <laughs> megan trainer i feel like megan trainer was kind of like over before she even really began you know like there was definitely a group a really of good people song, trying though. to make mm-hmm. megan trainer happen i mean they even invited her to drag race and she well, blew it she had the chance to make all the stands out of her when she came on to Drag Race. And what did she wear? A onesie to see, Drag Race. So she literally burned her own bridge. Megan Trainor. Look, look at me. I'm going to defend Megan Trainor before I defend Katie or Taylor. <laughs> but, I will oh say, but I will say that I feel like there is something genuine about her. I don't think the issue is necessarily her, but it's like, what are you? Like, are you like doing like, are you like cool white black girl? Or are you like, pop girl are you what are you doing are you oh you know what that's are you yeah to bring back like pop choreo like what what are you are you like adele singing like what i, I don't she know she was trying to yeah for there's the actually no 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 that's actually really America. funny that's funny that he says that because there's actually a um a youtube channel that i watch called pop dissected mm-hmm. and it's a, a channel where the guy he kind of goes into well why did this album flop why did this artist not have the career that maybe people thought they would have stuff and he did a video about megan trainer and he actually if i remember correctly he said that that was kind of one of his biggest problems with megan trainer where like it's like you never really knew who she was trying to be like because most other established pop stars regardless of whether you like them or not they have at least like an image that they put out that some people buy it some people don't Mm -hmm. but megan trainer it's always like i don't understand what type of artist you are like i don't get what I know who Megan Trainer is, though. She's that girl you went to college with who was all like, yes, you're my gay friend, you're my gay friend. Went to the gay club with you, went to the gay club with you, and then married the basic guy and dropped you. But do we want to hear albums about that? Like, that's not, like, that's, I mean, maybe we yeah. do, but like... I mean, those girls want the albums because they they want their own representation. Representation well, matters, I also, but Yeah, I also I'm feel like she, wasn't she kind of, because she did the her first album, which was, wasn't it supposed to be kind of like a throwback to like kind of 50s, 40s doo-wop? And then she kind of found a lane in that for for however long that was. But then her second album had like nothing to do with that because then she was trying to be like one of the regular pop girls because she came out with that song like, my name is yeah. no, time is no. Yeah, and I was like, well, that has nothing to do with what you're coming I out for that song, so I'll go in on- Oh, no, no, I like that song, actually. There's actually, to all the Britney fans out there, you have to watch, there is a- absolutely brilliant mashup of that song mixed with Overprotected by Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I listen to it. It's okay, so you're the one defend, you guys are, you guys came for her and then you defended her. So I don't know what the hell. No, because I guess I'm coming, cause I, it's, well, it's about the rate, the rating. Like, it's like, we want to rate you. We think that you're rateable, but like, you have to give us something. You're <laughs> um, kind of giving us like right now, like the sampler and like, Daniel and I, we don't want the sample. We're not going to have appetizers. We want the main court. <laughs> right? the main I feel like course. it's worth saying. I just feel like she never got, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Megan Trainer to me is like, I ordered like, you know, a medium rare steak. And I was like, this isn't cooked enough, babe. Sorry. And then they're like, well, do you want me to bring it back? And I'm like, no, it's fine. Just leave it. Whatever. It's fine. I'll just order something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that to me is Megan Trainor. I understand that. So yeah, so Meg Crane, I can't. I'm I'm hopeful for her. You know, here's like this is so bad, and who knows if this will make it to the podcast. But 
I would say too, where she does serve a purpose and I feel like she's like the palate cleanser for pop. Cause like you really only see her whenever all the pop divas are kind of like at the away. Arresting. Yeah. And then she, she kind of slides in a song and it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, I need, this is cool, cool, cool. But the minute like we get a Gaga comeback or a Katy Perry or Rihanna, it's like, okay, cool. Well, you can go do a radio interview, but like, we're going like, to <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, she's still up there and we're, I kind of feel, you know what? I kind of feel that way about, which this is probably going to not, people aren't going to like this. Cause I know people love her. I kind of feel that way about like Demi Lovato. I kind of feel like Demi Lovato's really only her songs only really hit when all the other pop girls are not her around. Songs don't really um, ever hit. Yeah. Well, which, my which problem with really, Demi Lovato, and I know we didn't come no. to talk about Demi Lovato, but I've, I've, I always say this, my issue with Demi Lovato is I always felt like she never made, like, I still don't know what, like, a Demi Lovato song is supposed to sound you like. You said this last week. Our, our, our listeners are going to get bored of this, but yes. Oh, did I? Did I say that? <laughs> yes. No, but I, I, oh. I, I, agree. I agree because she's someone, honestly, I think that her voice, I think she has musicianship. Mm-hmm. She basically kind of gives me, like, uh, Latina American rock pop Lea Salonga like vibe <laughs> and and because she's I think when she's on it she is so great live I think I think she's someone I I, I mean I'm not a, I would say I would I would I would get it I would enjoy seeing her show and I think her music does help like she's able to bring her story to her music but I guess with someone kind of with where she's been through and and her talent I think what it sounds like is you kind of want to see more of maybe true singer songwriting true like like Give us a Kelly Clarkson breakaway or uh the, yeah. that's the thing. We're all all the, the thing with Demi Lovato, the reason why she keeps coming back is because the gays are here for her talent and her look. They want her to slay them. They literally are like, please slay me. It's like if you're going to, and this is gonna get really gay, but it, it's like if you're going to a hookup and um, you've seen the pictures, you've had the conversation, and you're like, this is gonna be amazing. You get to the hood, like you're willing and ready to get slayed, right? Oh, my To goodness. have a good time. <laughs> and then you get there and it sucks. And it's a terrible hookup. You have no chemistry, it's blah, blah, blah. Wow. Um, you're like, damn. Well, also, I feel just- like that's Demi Lovato over and over and over again. We, on paper, she's everything the gays want, man. This like fierce Latina, um, you know, curvaceous body, a voice like that rivals Christina Aguilera's. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the hotel and um, it's a letdown. Well, also, it's just like a thing where people say, I don't know. And I've always felt super strongly about this because I've actually recently noticed that most of the girls that I stand aren't really known as being incredible singers. But it's just like a thing where when people say like, oh, well, her voice is so good. And it's like, yeah, but who cares? Like, if that's like your I don't, I don't know. I just feel like if that's like what your biggest thing is, is that, well, she can sing. It's like, well, well so a lot what, of though? people, a lot of people do hold that as the ultimate thing. Like one of my best friends in life, Yalda Zamiri, I love you. We're going to have to have her on the podcast because she has the most amazing voice. Love so her. She, her biggest thing is voice. She thinks they, the voice is the most important part over song. Mm-hmm. And I disagree with her on that because. Yeah, I, I she, greatly disagree. And the, the reason for that is because she has the most, Yalda has the most amazing voice. So she only wants to listen to other people with amazing voices. But I just, I'm sorry. I need bops. I need good songs. I, I, I mean, I need stories. I need to be taken on an emotional journey or I need to be able to dance. There's got to be something. Well, and so many depends. of these great singers, if they don't have the other stuff to back it up, it's like Clive Davis always says in his memoir when he's talking about and throwing shade towards Kelly Clarkson, he's like, you have to have the songs. Because of course, referencing the infamous feud between Kelly Clarkson and Clive Davis, he made her a, a huge star. She had the talent, but she needed the songs. And um, he 
put the songs there for her and they fought about it for years but look she's kelly clarkson now and um well, fantasia is fantasia wasn't that more like because kelly clarkson wanted to be like an artist whereas he just wanted her to be like a powerhouse singer type no of thing? clive davis i mean yes but clive davis uh i mean that's what he, kelly says but clive davis is known for creating artists so he likes to work within what you want to be as an artist and helping you with your voice i mean he He's Clive Davis is also the guy behind the doors. Um, Janis Joplin. Um, no, right, right, yeah, for sure. But I'm saying Whitney Kelly Houston, Clarkson. Like, if you look at his Pink. things, it it kind of seems like they saw no, each other as different. Behind yeah, La Reid is behind me. But no, yeah, but she's it, uh, the Clive Davis signed her. But it seemed like Kelly Clarkson. Clive Davis is. Uh, I mean, at the time, if I remember correctly, it seemed like Kelly Clarkson was trying to be more like a Janis Joplin, like Patty Griffin. Like she wanted to be known for like her songwriting. She didn't. She wasn't trying to be like the next like Whitney Houston, like which is what Clive Davis at the time was like trying to make her. Are I think he like wanted her to be known as like this like great pop diva singer. They found and, a common ground eventually, but they fought ferociously about it. I mean, Breakaway to me is one of the best pop albums of of the era of that I era. Love that album. And that yeah. was a such a good medium. album. That was Happy Medium. I think the like I think that's the Happy Medium, but they fought over it. And I think Clive was like ha pro happy medium and and kelly probably had you know the the rising star and seeing everything kind of being decided for her and also probably a little bit being like uh um uh, what's the word like uh be put into a cookie cutter kind of trajectory that she felt like that was um like closing her in but it really i think was happy medium and i think the main issue that got blown out of proportion is, and this is where it's like two sides, is it was never about taking like the music or sound away from Kelly. It was really just saying, how do we, how do we roll out to the public with it? Because Kelly wanted a certain song released, um, certain singles released first. And yeah, like, and he was like, no. I was like, no, we can have your songs. We, you can do your like thing, art yeah. stuff, but we're not, we need a hit. We're not gonna, we're still need the hits, with, yeah. We're gonna lead with the like, it's business, it's music business. So we're gonna lead with the hits. These are. We're putting it on the album because they are they are on par with what we're doing. But honey, these are hits, and we need that. Honey, these are hits. Honey, said, honey these are hits. And you need it. And, and I think, <laughs> I think Kelly was like, "No, this is my truth. This is my song. This is what I want to be telling truth. people." And I think for her, it must have seemed like the. And think about it. If you can get. There's more to it though. There's more to it because the, the songs that he said were hits and this is where it gets more complicated and Clive Davis didn't know at the time, but those were Dr. Luke songs and supposedly Dr. Luke did something with Kelly. That that's she well, no, didn't Kelly want them on the has, album. Kelly Clarkson has spoke about that. She's always said that she Dr. didn't want Luke the songs never, on the album. Though. Yes, but yes, she did but not she like said, working with him. She said that yes, but that's what she said. She said that Dr. Luke never did anything to her to the extreme of like what he did to allegedly, Kesha, to, allegedly Kesha, to Kesha. But she just didn't like working with him. She rubbed her the wrong way. She didn't right, like so that, him. That was kind of the root of the big the big rift that was caused with Clive Davis was that she didn't want those Dr. Luke songs on the album. And he was like, these are the hits, honey. Where are the hits? Yeah. And nobody where works with Dr. Are, Luke just anymore. Just like Trinity except, says, where are the jokes? Yeah, nobody works with Dr. Luke anymore, except for, uh, what's her name? Um, yeah, Petrus. But actually people are working with him under other aliases and stuff. It's been coming, it's been coming oh. out. Well, none of his main girls that he used Kim to. Petrus is releasing amazing music though. Is she? Yeah. Well, we can talk about that on oh, another oh, podcast. Oh, oh, and are you? 
No, I just know. I my only thing with Kim Petras, and like this is all I'm gonna say. I'm not trying to because the gays worship her. She's uh, amazing, and yes, I saw her I, in concert my, with you. Daniel. My own. Well, we didn't see her. It was <laughs> it, it, we saw Troy Sivan, and she was the opening act. But my only thing about Kim Petras, and let me say before I say this, I think that her songs are bops. I think she has a great voice. I just feel like she releases the same fucking song every few months. I feel like all of her songs sound the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I want her. To, Which I need, like. I need her to mix it up. That's all I'm asking. Because Malibu sounds the exact same as like what's that song? I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it at all. They sound the same. That but 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 with that being said, I do appreciate that she has created like a Kim Petra sound. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's all I'm saying. Just mix it up for me, and then I'll be, and then I'll stand. I'm not quite standing about but mixing I do it up. I'm not. I don't know. I'm not sold on that. Well, I, I think that there's a reason why she hasn't broken out yet, and I do feel like that's contri- a contributing factor. So, I think the reason is much more malicious. I'm not saying that that's the only reason. I'm just saying that's one of them, in my opinion. So those are my. Once I stand in my underwear, I have some. <laughs> right, sorry, right. That was a, we really went off topic there. <laughs> I have some like appropriate rated. So I feel like that also deserves to have like its moment, like who are appropriately rated. Who is our appropriate rated diva of the week? That's so, funny. <laughs> I think because y'all brought her up. I mean, I have many, but I will keep it cute um, and short. I would say Dua Lipa is appropriately rated. Um, you don't think she should be bigger? I, I think she should be bigger. I think she will get bigger, but at the moment, I think she is appropriately rated. I think her- She's consistent. <laughs> I think her slow burn is actually gonna, what allows her to be what David says is bigger and the future and the, the icon of, you know, 20, 2020 pops music, but- But without the number ones to back it up- I think it's up. good that she's, she's middle of the, uh, not in a shape, she's like middle of the pack, but she is, she is pop music. Like you said, Daniel, she is, giving you a pop album yeah. where like a lot of our girls that we are saying at, are at the tops right now, their stock is in pop. They are kind of, they really kind of veered out. I mean, um, Ariana Grande is I think the most recent one to, to veer away from from her pop sound. sound Thank You yeah. Next is pop. What's that? Thank You Next is pop. So it's God as a woman. Next is pop, but the rest of that album, I mean, she's giving you like- It's like trap. It, and... It's giving you trap. It's like kind of what Mariah was doing for the rest of her uh, butterfly album or when she was doing stuff with bone thugs and <laughs> really going in that route and she's and and the the structures of those songs i would say are more in the format of those those hip-hop rap albums where they're not you're not going to hear them on the radio you're going to literally be chilling out yeah, doing your little cool really kid thing friendly. at your house or you know uh smoking it up doing whatever like she's getting <laughs> pop version of that but it's not it's not it is not 100 concentrate pop yeah yeah i agree i think it's uh it's 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 that it's like hip-hop sweetener right like it's it, that's what it is yeah. And, and I yeah, think i would agree and i think that beyonce has veered away from traditional pop music and is really doing she's on that kind of artist success right um what was i gonna say with beyonce um she's veered off beyonce Beyond, no, I, say, no I, I said beyonce's not pop anymore she is like superstar she's mega artist she's yeah mogul. she's not pop. she's a mogul she is she is she has been like i miss beyonce pop but the thing is I, I i do too but i almost think that i don't think beyonce was ever supposed to be the beyonce we see now i think she was gonna always supposed to be like that pop girl just you know really killing it with that really hard choreography, giving you some fun, like hit after hit after hit. So I kind of like that we kind of get alternate universe, mega artist, Beyonce. I also think Beyonce's in that phase, and uh, we talked about this with Alexandra, um, 
last week where we kind of feel like Beyonce is kind of in that phase where she has proven everything that she set out to prove. Mm-hmm. So at this point, she's just like, I'm going to release whatever the hell I want to release. And I don't really care about Chuck. And David and I um, talk about this because David said that Dua didn't have the number ones. And David and I kind of go back and forth with um, debating on this. But like, I say kind of that a number one now doesn't mean what it did. Like, a long time ago because nowadays there's different ways to hit number and also there's a lot of songs that i feel like are going number one that they're number one songs but like are we going to be even listening to them in a year let alone 10 years from now so i feel like do songs may not they may not be in the top of the charts but we're still going to be listening to this album a few years from now i feel um so i feel like you are ryan correct in that she's kind of where she is appropriately where she like where she needs to be right Dua now is giving us kind of- actual pop where it's like okay i want to dance i want to just and and they're they're yes they're you well, can't help but dance they're well-crafted pop songs where these artists now that we've kind of relied on are kind of they're growing they're growing artistically or they're going into these other genres um either for their own artistic kind of efforts or they're they, they're seeing as i think a commercial path um, Lady Gaga has like left and I think at times has been overrated IMO but I think now she is back to appropriately rated because she's giving us <laughs> I, think, I think she's giving us pop she's giving us that and it's almost like a gift and I'm glad um, but I think Dua is someone who's just starts you know where for, where for Lady Gaga it's like I'm coming back and hey not too shabby Dua Lipa's like oh I'm just getting started and I'm here I'm your pop girl and I'm gonna be even bigger than the pops, kind of the pop uh, staples we have now, which is like a uh, Kylie Minogue and a Carly Rae Jepsen yeah. and a Kim Petras. Uh, She's gonna give you hits, not just pop it like these hits. And yeah. I agree about levitating. I did hear on the radio once down here in Houston, and I was like, "Way to go, Houston! We are pushing the needle on the radio." Yeah, I also feel like yeah. What I also like about Dua, and, and I was actually just thinking about this when I was watching her videos earlier today, is I feel like she's one of the first pop girls to have come out where you can see the influence of a few of the other pop girl like like the other pop girls like you know lady gaga katie perry rihanna um they've been around long enough to where you can start to see their influence in other up-and-coming artists and so i feel like you can kind of see some of that in dua which is actually really cool yeah and she's so beautiful gosh She's so, she looks like a supermodel. And even though I'm not a big Katy Perry fan, I don't know, I don't know what her rating is because I I have, she's just not my girl. Like we don't bond. Sure, yeah, sure. But I would say where Katy Perry does serve our people is that she is pure pop. And I feel like she's never let us down from that. And and, um, yeah, I I still have like a, what is it called? I still am very hard on myself when I can find myself bopping along to a song of hers. I don't know why. I don't know why I don't connect with her. It's a bit that her. I don't just like say her. it. Like yeah, I, I'm joking, like but see. I just don't connect with her as much. But she's she not is joking, pop, and I don't think she's, she's ever going to go away from that. And I think some do need to have people that are like, yeah, I'm going to give you a pop fantasy. I'm going to be kooky, lighthearted. I'm not trying to like um, prove anything. I think. It's kind of like. Do you think that where Katy Perry is going wrong is that she, if you're looking at pop divas timelines that this is the time around a pop diva's career where she should be making her big artistic statement and instead she's still trying to give you these little pop albums and her fans have grown her like people have grown and they're ready for her ray of light and she's like uh, she's still giving you 
the Like a Virgin album. And it's like, girl, we're, we're, we've grown. We need our ray of light. Like, what, what's going on? So is Katy Perry doing a disservice to her stands by not giving them the Katy Perry version of Ray of Light and well, instead giving them a rehash of, of Like a Virgin? I'm going to let Ryan speak to this first, but I, as a Katy Perry stan, do have an opinion about this. But you, right, you, you don't go, think you that Katy Perry needs to release a, an art pop, like uh, not art pop Lady Gaga album, but I mean like an artistic, symphonic uh, arty, artsy, you know, bohemian right, album. Right, you, you, you go first. Okay, right. so I'm gonna, so I will go first, but I'm also gonna, uh, I have, I, I'll hedge my bet that Daniel will say that um, we already have a ray of light from Katy Perry. Um, but uh, I- Which I, is what? I, think, I don't know, I, I don't, I, no, I don't know. No, no, but no, I would no. say, I, I, and I could believe that. Like I said, I can't believe I'm defending Katy Perry, but. Um, <laughs> but, you just want to defend. You're just an iconoclast, guys. Yeah. Right? For those of listeners at home, Ryan is a, an iconoclast. Yeah. He disagrees with everything. But I will say that I mean, it's just more. It's really comes from a, a place of bias. It's not like anything specific. But I think whether she has a ray of light or not, I actually think what she's doing it's not exactly the same, but it is the same, and not in a bad way. I think, like I said, she's, she's hot, not. and I think she no. is. Um, I think for her, she's just gonna, she's, I think she's evolving. It's just not gonna, she is not someone who's gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna take this one big left turn and be like, I'm gonna give you a visual album. I'm gonna give you zero radio hits. I'm gonna be all about like, you know, uh, surfboarding and Lottie Dom, Beyonce now. It's gonna be more like, no, I'm gonna give you just another really well-crafted album. Cause that's what pop music is. It's about the craftsmanship. It's about saying, be in this moment and enjoy it. And here we go. Yes. It's supposed to be kind of inclusive and and despite my own struggles with uh, Katy Perry, which are so, <laughs> not even like, I'm not even, it's not even grounded in anything like, oh, she's, she's this, this. It's just more like, I, I, I'm, I miss the bus, I think, on the Katy Perry train. And so I can't connect, but what I can say for what she stands for, and I think the way her fans, I feel like now, and now that she's a mom, right, I think she's actually going to be a lot more inclusive. Those songs are not offensive. It is, she is essentially yes, but she's you're right she's giving us another pop album and the, no one uh, no one is reacting to it so well she might as well give us a not pop album yes danny sorry uh well, <laughs> danny I has would say, uh, like well no i would say well first of all i mean I, I mean first of all i'll say i'm a little obviously i'm a little bit biased but i would argue no but i would argue first of all first of all i would argue that Katy perry tried to come out with an artistic album with witness and people weren't having it um, because it wasn't on brand of what pe- what people it just was tend boring. to hold on. Well, what people <laughs> tend to uh, like when they see Katy Perry, because when people when she tried to make her artistic statement with that, everyone was like, "But where are the bops?" Which I would actually argue that there was quite a few bops on that there album. There were a but, few bops. But with that being said, I kind of feel like she. I don't know. I feel like that album, which she's kind of, if you watch her recent radio interviews and stuff, she's spoken a little bit about, and she suggested that that kind of traumatized her a little bit in the sense that like she tried to do something different. People weren't having it because I think when people look at Katy Perry, I don't think that they see like, wow, she's so like artistic and wonderful. I think they're just like, girl, just give me like a pop bop. Just give me like last Friday night and I kissed a girl and that's all we want from you. Um, and I, I don't know. I feel like if you look at her, the tried. The trajectory she writes her of, songs, which is... She does. Yeah, but I feel like if you look credit. at the trajectory of her career, I feel like whenever she's tried to give you anything that is like not necessarily what people would expect from her, it never seems to go super well. Like her first album, her ballad, Thinking of You, was like the one song that nobody really remembers. Um, on her, you know, um, on her 
Prism album, she tried to like vulnerable unconditionally, and everyone was like, "Oh yeah, cute," but like that song sucks. Sorry. That title. That's what I need to defend that. It reminds me of me and Ryan used to sing this stupid. We used to make fun of unconditionally, and we used to make fun of these pop ballads from movies. What was the What was the movie we would make fun of? Oh, we were like, oh, great. They, they, there's going to be a pop song for the for the horror film Untraceable, and it's going to be, uh, what, what was the lyrics we would sing? I just think, I think you came up with the lyrics. I think it was like, Untraceable, untraceable. The origin of my love for you is untraceable, untraceable. Yeah. And um, that is unconditionally. It drives me crazy that she puts the emphasis on the wrong syllable in the song. Yeah. Unconditional. Um, but, but what I was also what I was also gonna say is I think Unconditional. that Unconditional and this is actually where David and I actually and this is this is where this is where David and I differ a lot in terms of charts uh, <laughs> and what importance charts has because like in my opinion one of Katy Perry's best songs ever which is probably actually my favorite Katy Perry song is never really over. Um, and that that came out and had such a positive reception from fans and David he's kind of like well but it wasn't a hit and I'm like well but what it constitutes a hit like that it didn't go number one because that's actually one of her biggest um songs that people are still not streaming necessarily it, but it was it didn't take over the culture like it didn't take over pop culture that is a jam that is a jam and the fact that it didn't take over pop radio to me says that there is a problem with with Katy Perry in culture right now, which I don't know. Ryan, what it is. Ryan has something to say. <laughs> These guys having their hands up—it's um, so hilarious. Um, wow, I'm I'm Team Katy Perry for this argument. Um, wow, but, Daniel, but, you're converting Ryan. Yeah, you know, well, it's really it's really the principle <laughs> the principle behind it, which I can get behind. Which I and I think it's I think to what Daniel you're saying, I'm echoing um, is that. Those songs are have lasting. You can't. You can't unless unless the only metric that you're going to have the base of the argument is the pop, pop chart, the like the the pop singles charts or record charts. But mm. but honestly, I mean, you could look at like pretty much the 2010s from 2010 to 2015, really being like 10 years behind in how they were uh, deciding what was a hit because. Not talking about radio, but are we actually like turning on the radio and listening? Are we listening to Apple? Exactly. Well, radio airplay now stands for more than just radio. Exactly. Radio airplay now exactly. includes. So my, my hand was basically saying back when Katy Perry was kind of at the top, when Katy Perry was yeah. back at the top, how much of the now streaming and internet and other media play was actually factoring in? Because it wasn't. It's only been recently that now that like Spotify, the streaming counts, Revenue, radio, YouTube, video, video accounts—you know—and that's only what those official channels and outlets do. But then there's like the whole pirated side of everything too, and people, that, yeah. you know. I feel like pirated is kind of gone, though. Well, no, it? you can go look at you can look at you can look at "I Kissed a Girl" on Vivo, which is the official video, or you can go look at you know literally a knockoff version of the same video, you know, written by you know David Dolly, David Davila, X Men for Life. Uh, YouTube, you know, so um, <laughs> yeah, a fan video. Thing. So yeah, yeah, I would say for, so for Katy Perry, she it's impressive that she was able to still be at the top statistically and in the pop charts, factually, lol. But she probably would even be higher if you brought in the the way that now they they tabulate and count those things. She actually would be even even higher. So I would go so far as to say all of her songs would probably be those considered those number ones or those top hits. 
Yes, yeah. but I'm arguing her, that the new one everywhere. wasn't for some reason. So why wasn't it? People it's, like well, canceled, because they canceled, all canceled her. Because the way that they tabulated back then did not factor what is factored now. No, I'm talking about now. This is a new song, Never Getting Over You. Oh, never really over. From never really year. over you. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I would also, I mean, and again, this is like the last thing I'll say about Katie because people get, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, but um, I would also, I mean, I think I would, people listen to the podcast, if they're listening to a podcast called Defending Your Diva, I think they're living for No, 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 I would just say, I, I would, I would argue, I would argue that, um, uh, well, first of all, she didn't really, I don't think she really, prom- I think she came out with a music video and then that was kind of it. She didn't even perform it live or anything. But um, but um, also, I just genuinely feel like when that song came out, um, yeah, that's just wasn't, Katy Perry's sound is not really what's hot right now, you know? I think people still were living for the song and they were like, fuck, this is really great pop. But it's just still not what most people were were paying attention to. You know, it was very, um, it was very like, almost like, good job, Katie. We're so happy for you. But now I'm going to go listen to like Ariana Grande's album. (laughs) Yeah, or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, And also I would say that, and this is like, I feel like backpacking a little bit on what I said about Beyonce. Did you say backpacking or backtracking? Oh, no. Well, backpacking and in terms of like also kind of saying, I also feel like Katy Perry has also done what she set out to do i really don't feel like she's trying to be like the next madonna i kind of feel like she's in a in a different head it always goes back to madonna being the only like the only successful person to actually break through this barrier so this is the same barrier madonna had you know around the early 90s yeah but i would also argue that madonna in and this is not a critique this is i suppose you could think of it as a defense for madonna i would say that in madonna's defense madonna wanted it more than all those other girls did i mean katie Perry's releasing music like she wants it no well obviously she wants people to listen to her music but i don't think that she's saying i want to stay being the number one pop star i kind of feel like she's accepted that that's probably not her destiny i feel like she's um and I also just feel like it's like, I mean, how can you really get to be, like, if she wanted to be bigger than she was during mm-hmm. what, whatever her biggest era, teenage dream, I guess. Um, it's kind of like, well, what does that even mean? I mean, or like, if, because it's kind of based on like, well, what are the metrics that people are going to go by now? Mm-hmm. If she, you know, she had five number one songs from one album. So if she has three number one songs from an album, is that going to automatically be like, well, all right, it was successful, but not as successful as her past stuff. Like, well, that's not really a right, fair metric, I don't think. It's not, but there's a difference because I, I just think there's a difference. It's like a level up. Like, like this is the this is the the uh, uh, crucible. Is she going to level up or not? Is she going to get through this crucible where the paradigm shift of music is changing around her, the industry is changing around her, pop culture is changing around her? Can she get through it. It's a crucible and not many people ever get through it. And Madonna is one of the only people to get through a, a crucible like that. She got, this is this, this is like where, where Katy Perry is now, where her music is struggling, but she's still releasing good stuff, but she's not at the top of pop culture. It's mm-hmm. like where Madonna was around 93. It's like, she's releasing music, it's, it's hitting, but it's not like, you know, it's good stuff, but it's not. And it's like, how do you break through to the next level of pop culture yeah i mean i would argue that or not argue actually i would and probably say yeah i would probably say well at least this album I, I don't i personally don't feel like Katy perry will ever be as big as she was that was almost a year but you should be Madonna. standing for her you should want her to i do i want her to be as successful as she is but again i just feel like 
it doesn't bother me as a fan because I feel like if she never has another huge hit again, she kind of said she kind of has already done what she set out to do. Yeah. Katy Perry is never going to be forgotten. Katy Perry has so many hits. Katy Perry is always right. Gonna be like a Cindy Lauper, never going to be forgotten. But don't you want something? I think, well, if, I think I think that as one gets older, I think you kind of realize that it doesn't really. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like it doesn't really matter. I feel like she's she's already has mm-hmm. her legacy, and I feel like okay. um, it's just. It, and again, I also I also um, measure success differently than maybe I did when I was like sixteen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was sixteen, I'd be like, "Yeah, oh my god, her album's not number one. She's a flop." Mm-hmm. Where I'd be like, "I don't." I, which is also like what Ryan said, where it's like, okay, let's say that her album comes out and it doesn't sell a million copies, but in a year from now, if people are still listening to it, well, is that successful or is that still mm. deemed a flop? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I would I would argue that never really over. Well, you're right. Maybe it didn't completely set you know the pop world on fire. People are still listening to the song. People are still like, that's a bop. I would say that that is a very, very successful song. Um, it's a great song to me. Yes. yes. Also, it's a great I song think, song. yeah, you know, that's the, that's where, like, I guess you have to, we all have to dive deep into our souls and really determine what is a diva, what constitutes a diva, because we're talking a lot about like now and competing in competition, but, you know, is, is relevance the only, only component or like current relevance, not only relevance, but like always leading the front. Because yeah. you talk about Madonna's career, Madonna has kind of been in peaks and valleys and reinvented totally. herself. You can't, you can't be reinventing yourself if you don't have something to reinvent from. So like <laughs> Ray of Light was also like, what, year 18, year 20 for Madonna? And Katy Perry really has like <laughs> launched- Out, year 15. <laughs> no, what, because she was doing- 97, she came out in 82. So there you go, right? So that's year 15. So Katy Perry is coming close to that. Is she right at that mark? Is that the mark where we have to see a ray of light? Maybe, maybe not, you know? And also Madonna has a whole different pathway. I feel like she's part of the, she's like diva who like came from the, literally the bottom and worked away up from the top where some of these pop divas kind of were already had a lot way, had way more advantages than Madonna did. And Madonna is, Madonna is just like longevity and reinvention. That's like her yeah. thing, right? Where there's a lot of, I feel for me personally is in the moment and, and yeah, there's like classics. And I mean, in terms of her like doing it, yeah, she set out to not only do what she probably wanted to do, but what artists only dream of. I mean, if you look at your billboard charts and your records and your and your and the the record holding things, she is right up there. She surpassed what Mariah, she's above Madonna. Like so but the thing is we have our bias, we have different personal, so. we have more qualitative um perceptions as to what will make her a diva now if you believe that there's something else to give i'm sure that that is like valid but i think katie perry we can she can rest assured that she could go quiet for five years and be like hey guess what y'all i'm going to be opening up a residency in vegas and i will be doing a uh, i feel like that's what a revisit of teenage dream or whatever you know like she'll just do one album she could literally do five-year break a one album vegas residency where she's gonna be like you know what for the next for the next five years or the next couple of years, I'm going to be just doing live concerts of my hit albums and give you a whole show. And then you can go, you can come back each year and see that. So, so in terms of, I agree, that's what she needs yeah. to do. So in terms, and I think and part of her art oh, isn't sorry. just her music, but it's what she does as an experience, right? So she could totally reinvent from there, you know, and yeah. honestly, would you, people want to go and really be, you know, bopping and singing along to the words of Madam X or do they want to, do they want to hear, you know, uh, the the vote the immaculate collection a, a collection album you know what do they 
what do they want to be hearing? And they'd be like, oh my gosh, please play that song with Maluma. It's my everything. I, I, you know, <laughs> that's fired. Or, yeah. or, or do you want to, or do you want to actually, um, you know, hear the songs that really do mark these, you know, progressions and they're so clear and so different. So I don't know. And yeah. You can argue. And I also, the, in Madonna's defense, the Madam X tour was fucking amazing. <laughs> well, also, I will say, and this is the last thing I'll say, because I want to talk about Fergie. Yeah, we got to um, get to Fergie. Yeah, no, I do want to say, I, to me, in my opinion, <laughs> the, number, the number one thing about how what makes a diva to me is, um, and this is not speaking about any particular pop star, I think it's going to be in 10 to 15 years when we have all the new girls coming up and we ask, who were your influences growing up? That's when we're really gonna see, wow, who really lasted and who's like, oh wow, nobody even remembers them. You know, when you have those new girls that they say, well, when I was growing up, I listened to Megan you know, Lady Gaga, whatever, sure, <laughs> Megan, Megan Trainer, or Katy Perry. You know, it's like Katy Perry, she says that one of her biggest influences was like Cyndi Lauper. Mm -hmm. Um, and like Janis Joplin and Patsy Cline, um, that's when you'll be like, wow, those are, you know, when you have like the new little country guitar girl that she's like, oh my God, Taylor Swift was my everything growing up. I feel like that's when you really will start to see the effects. Um, but I want to talk about Fer Fergie now. Yeah, yeah, we've got to talk about Fergie. Fergie got in a lot of trouble uh, <laughs> when she did a slowed down jazzy uh, version of the national anthem at Jazzy. the NBA All-Stars game uh, at the Staples Center. And um, I mean, people roasted her for this. And like, Daniel, you even specifically said you listen to that version of the national anthem anytime you want a good laugh. Yes. So that's what Danny said. So, yeah. uh, but, but Ryan, yes. you're here to defend her Jazzy version. Uh, why? What? What? What do you? Wh why do you stand for me? And why do you? Why do you want to? Um, why do you need to come to her defense here? Because she even apologized for her version later. Which mm -hmm. should she have apologized? This is all stuff we want to hear from you, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm a longtime fan of Stacy. Um, <laughs> Stacy Ferguson. Yes. <laughs> since when? Um, since Kids Incorporated uh, days. Because that's Kids when Incorporated, I'm and since. Uh, what was it since uh, Wild Orchid, which is her first group? Wild, yeah, Florida. girl group. Yeah, for those that may not know, uh, Stacy Fergie Ferguson was one of the original Disney, uh, not original, because that goes all the way back to um, Annette Pinicello, but it, she was a Disney girl in the 80s on a show called Kids Incorporated. This show also spawned the pop star Martika and, uh, of course, Mario Lopez, who's still yeah. you know say by the bell and jennifer love hewitt and fergie so she was fergie. also in uh this show that i remember watching when i was a, a little kid called um the great pretenders that's what i was gonna say uh, great pretenders. yeah it was literally <laughs> do you remember do you remember the theme, the theme song you're the greatest dancer. Yeah, like, you're the greatest dancer you're the great pretender yeah. <laughs> so great yes, I do remember that. yeah <laughs> And she was at, what was the group saying? Uh, Sweet, Sweet Orchid? Wild Orchid. Wild, Wild Orchid. Orchid. Wild Orchid, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so sorry, go on, go no, on. You've so been yeah, standing so since then. For all those reasons, I am, you know, uh, I hold Stacey near and dear to my heart. And really, all she is guilty of is being a patriot <laughs> 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 to our country. So, um, 
There it is. So there it is. I mean, that if, if that's is that your I mean, only defense? Yeah. If that's if well, that's charged, I will say guilty as charged. I, <laughs> I mean, I will say, and I do admit, and I don't. I stand by what I said. I watch the video when I do need a good laugh. With that being said, I the one thing that I don't love about the effects of that video is people really forgot. I'm like, oh no, 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 no. Fergie has vocals, absolutely. Oh yeah. I didn't. I, I, I don't know where they went during that performance, but she can absolutely. I don't think they're sing. bad in that performance. No, I'm kind of on uh, Ryan's side. Yeah, I mean, she she actually has a song Just from her first album. No, she she has a song from her first album called Finally. I think it's the last song on the album. Um, and there's a performance of her singing it on American Idol that I was like, damn, this yeah. girl can sing. And I should take this like, moment to say. Uh, the Duchess, that's her, her first album. Love it. Love is it. a yeah. pop masterpiece. Absolutely. It's insane. What's insane is that she then stopped making albums. She she waited 10 years to, to do her second album, which flopped. Um, Ryan? So okay, so let's like let's like kind of clear up some myths here because Okay. Solo albums, yeah, there's she has only made two, and yet look at the impact she has made to our lives. But she had she didn't stop. She actually went back to what the made her black eyed peas yeah. and what she collected what more Grammys. So so and we start bringing in like facts and, and uh, accolades, she she went back to the group that gave her that cred that let us let her know like who Fergie was. And you know, for the Black Eyed Peas won the album right before Fergalicious. And then she went back to do the end and they won more Grammys with that, had a few other really big hits. Like, what is that? I got a feeling. So, yeah. so uh, she, they do have a lot of that, she, she wasn't, she was not, she did not stop creating and like how kind of cool is that to be able to say, here I am, I'm Fergie, boom. I'm got this bomb album. I'm a solo person only now, right? No, she said, okay, let's go back to the Black Eyed Peas. And also, Will I Am produced Fergalicious. So there's like this, it's a lot more of a fused, I think, like creative career that she has that's like not just about her, but also capitalizing on like her voice and her celebrity. So anyway, she didn't go quiet. It wasn't radio silence at all. It's just solo albums. There was a long break, longer than necessary. I think too long because when she came back, I mean, it just, it kind of flopped the second Well, album. also, but you, again, it's that thing where when she came back, I mean, the pop world had completely changed. When she came out with The Duchess, I don't think anybody who was big during that era. She created was, the sound of that. I mean, I, I guess yeah. Will and, I Am did, yeah, but and Will I Am created the sound of that era. Well, but that's actually what I was going to say was now with certain albums, you can hear the influence. There's like certain albums that I'll hear now where I'm like, oh, this is very like The Duchess. Like you can kind of hear like her influence on what she did. Um, with that, I mean, especially, uh, what was her, like? I, I would say the hugest hit, which I still hear to this day, is the Big Girls Don't Cry. Mm, that's her ballad. Yeah. Do you think that's um, the biggest hit? I feel like that was the- From the album? Probably. The but they actually, hit. but I will say that that album has major staying power because Fergalicious, you still hear all the time. Yeah. Yeah. is the biggest, um, but then there's Clumsy, there is- Glamorous. London Bridge, Glam London Glamorous, Bridge. hello Glamorous. We, I used to be a choir teacher. <laughs> used to be a choir teacher in San Antonio and we did a Glamorous as a, in, yeah. as a choir. Yeah. We did the acapella uh, arrangement that's on Gossip Girl. Get out. Please. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, the Gossip Girl um, glamorous version. Me too. Yeah. So so Fergie, I think, is just she is she is a true talent, and you know what I and I did I LOL'd. I was gobsmacked when I heard her because it was one of the few sporting times that I watched a lot sporting times I watched it after, I was I actually watched it live I don't know I was I must have been at a bar somewhere and they're playing it and I was just like oh it's the all-star game and the only reason I know the all-star game is because um that's where they do like the they have like a famous group or singer sing the national anthem and speaking of great national anthems um uh a lot of historical ones have been there so Destiny's Child did a great uh Oh, great. Yeah, I love that. Like that. Harmonies yeah. and they kind of did a little bit of their own little variation and it was a success, right? And I think um, it has always kind of been a place where you can, as a, as a, as a, as an artist, go and just do the thing, but then also kind of put a little bit, really put a little bit of you in there. Christina Aguilera has done it many times. And um, for me too, I also... I hate Christina Aguilera's versions. Sorry. <laughs> there you go. Um, that's on the record right there. Um, <laughs> my friend Kyle's gonna kill me. Another one, another, another. So for me, it all did, and people think, okay, yeah, Destiny's Child, and you know the 2000s. But for me, it dates back to when Marvin Gaye did it back in the 80s. He did a very um, different, completely, uh, what's the word, like avant-garde version of the national anthem, and it to me is one of my favorite versions. Whitney, of course, is Jimi Hendrix's version in Woodstock. Yes, um, but that's not the the NBA All Star game. Right, and I think that that is what. So what I'm trying to connect here is that there have been moments, right, and going back to the '80s, Marvin Gaye like just completely made it more than just here I am singing national anthem, wave your hand. He came and he was also kind of in his like twilight of his career and just did something really different, and it was really cool. And it was well received. And to me, I think it's very like iconic. And I think that in sports history, it's iconic. And I think in music, it's iconic. My issue with, this is more not really with Fergie, but I think the problem is people, especially like females, when they sing it, a lot of times it's like, y'all need to remember that the number one thing about this song is it's about like just paying respect to your country. It is not like your moment. <laughs> like just like- I disagree. Are, well, I think they, it's their or, not, say, It is their moment, but they. I think sometimes they try to make it too much about them mm -hmm. to where they try to turn it into like this big crazy power ballad. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just like, sometimes you should just, I'm going to say something that Ryan, that I remember- The Star Spangled Banner is no, the first- No, I know, yes. But I remember, I'm going to say something that I remember um, Randy Jackson said- to Catherine McPhee in a, an uh -oh. American Idol sometimes where she had a performance where she sang, I believe I could fly mm -hmm. and it was not well received. And Randy Jackson said to Catherine McPhee, baby girl, sometimes you need to just sing the melody, just sing the melody of the fucking song. Yeah. And like, don't let- Which she has done since. <laughs> oh no, I love Catherine McPhee. Everyone knows I'm a Catherine McPhee stan. I love her. But um, like, you know, it's just like, you're, I think just Fergie's main issue with it, she was just trying to do too much. She's trying to do too much. Yeah, I agree with that. Wait, who's doing too much though? Fergie? Fergie was I doing too much. I mean, yeah. You can argue that that is, I think that's a, that is a valid point. It's a, I see how you can, you could say that. But um, I think part of it, what she did is it has, it has evolved over time to really be that moment and be an artistic moment in the, in the uh, NBA All-Star game. So, so I, I, so I, I think, iconic I, moment I, in her I, career for sure. I think she was taking, and honestly, when I hear it, I was like, oh, she's trying to give an homage to the Marvin Gaye version, and it was a, it was a fail, and also I think it was high concept, and and not well executed, 
From people said that she was trying to Marilyn Monroe the national anthem. No, I wouldn't. No, oh, I think she was trying to do her own, like that was her biggest Christian. I think she was trying to pay homage to like what Mar- Marvin Gaye had a really cool chill version. It's really different. And anyway, um, I so so, so Lynn, but 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 Fergie did her own thing. And also, I'm going to say, in the moment when you're watching, you're like, where are we going with this? Also, you couldn't really. He- <laughs> I listened to it recently. I listened to the like the the recorded version like on the internet. And you hear a lot more of the music underneath her. I couldn't hear when I was at the bar. I just heard the little like metronome clapping. And I thought, okay, where are we going with this? Why, why are we picking these like notes and everything? But yeah. once I heard it with like my headphones on and I was like, okay, there's, there's something here that we're supposed to go for. And she really doesn't veer too far off from the actual melody. And to her credit, she's singing it like the way Fergie would sing a national anthem. And she has sung it in the past before and it has been amazing. So this was her to, to kind of take an artistic leap. This is what she said when she told TMZ, I've always been honored and proud to perform the national anthem. And last night I wanted to try something special for the NBA. I'm a risk taker artistically, but clearly this rendition didn't strike the intended tone. I love this country and honestly tried my best. I mean, hey, that's all you could do. Yeah. I, did, so, I also, it was like a pet peeve of mine when actually when people sing like this in general where she was trying to like enunciate every single like mm-hmm. banner word, yeah, wah, wah, you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that was, you know, that wasn't great. Yeah. But hey, she can still sing better than me. So And she idea. is, she is one of the voices. I mean, we love, a, we lo- America, if America loves anything. They love a white girl that sings black. And she's like of that vibe, <laughs> right? Like she, she is, yeah. They, they love that. And like, I mean, she's a part of a very special, I think, trajectory. Of- does all of America love a white girl that sings black or does well, white that's America a, that's love a bigger conversation. That's a bigger conversation. <laughs> I like what we're going with. But I would say she's a part of a very, but you know what? Like, hey, a singer is a good singer, right? And I think she is that. I don't think she's leaning into that or appropriating. I don't think she's, I actually don't think she's really ever appropriate. I think she connects artistically and musically with the styles that she sings in. And and even with the Black Eyed Peas, she was a huge fan of them before she even got on. So, well, I, yeah, and I feel like if you listen to, if you listen to Fergie, I kind of feel like she, uh, I mean, and I, I hope I can say this not inappropriately, but I feel like she's kind of one of those artists where you can definitely hear that most of her influences were Black artists. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, black singers. Yeah. Uh, you can hear that in her, yeah. in the way she sings. Mm-hmm. You know, we have our trajectory. I love the tone of her. We voice. Have our tra- it's, 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 it's part of that blue-eyed soul kind of concept, but like uh, the pop nature. Because like how I see it, she's like she's filling uh, a space in the pop. Uh, what's it called? The pop like landscape where originally it was a Taylor Dane. If y'all know. Uh, yeah, uh, love Taylor Dane. We got to talk. Uh, we didn't even mention this last time. Taylor Dane came up last week too. <laughs> and if you haven't, those listeners out there, if you have never watched Tignataro's Taylor Dane uh, bit, you have to go Google it right now. Like right now, it's an emergency. Yeah. Pause this and go to YouTube and watch Tignataro Taylor Dane on this or American just Life. Keep listening yeah. and watch it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Book, put it on your little tab and then write it down scribble I, it on a, no- a little notepad that's no, my Taylor. go do it right now it's that important <laughs> my taylor it's my taylor's taylor dane and then there's the other taylor um so but she was like that girl that's saying you know like so fully right and and then you know years kind of go by and you see kind of the, the the other models that kind of go through that like hefty soulful white girl right voice and then we get uh, Anastasia, who comes in and is 
all out of love. You want to set her free. She is. I just re-listened to Anastasia doing the other doing day. Taylor Dane circa 1989-2000, right? And she had to, you know, kind of life reasons and musically too, it kind of just, she phased out. And then when do we get Fergalicious? A few years after that. And we get Fergie that is just giving us songs, soulful music. And then you add in the fact that she can, she can do like rap and hip hop, you know, as part of her whole thing. She's like helping repivot that like soulful white girl. Um, going into that route. So for me, I see like- She had a, I mean, she was a, a young star, but she had some rough years. She's been really honest about her struggle with drugs and alcohol yeah. or addiction. And that was, oh yeah, wasn't she? She was like, she was really hardcore addicted to, was it- well, She was a Disney girl. She, you know, those yeah. Disney girls, there's a reason why Amanda Bynes, you know, and Britney Spears have break have breakdowns. Yeah, know? I saw this story about her where she apparently, she was really, really hardcore into meth and she knew she had to get out. Mm-hmm. And so she went- into a church and um she because because one of the one of the uh, symptoms or whatever of meth is that you get really paranoid um and so she constantly thought that the police were like chasing her and so she said to she went to this church and she said to herself okay if i go outside and the police are not after me then i will quit and then she went outside and the police weren't after her so then she, she quit it's so easy to say you're gonna quit though when it's harder to do it so you well yeah i mean it would it would it would appear sure. that yeah. she that she was very successful yeah, she got help. yeah no I, I heard that story too and i had no idea and so, yeah i didn't it's just crazy but yeah that was that was like kind of like a, her, a turning point for her and then that's what made her kind of push herself more creatively to go outside that bubblegum pop because wild orchid was always kind of in that opener uh uh kind of in the, the circuit, open circuit, circuit yeah. but those girls were talented. Hey, their songs are good. Their harmonies are tight. Um, and they got some soulful voices up in there. Shout out to Wild Orchid. But it they, they didn't really know what to do with them. They were hosting a TV show. They were going on Singled Out. You know, they were just kind of doing, there was just not really a niche for them. And they were on the older age of the pop, teen pop world. Yeah. So, so, but then, you know, I think, because of that too, that led Fergie to think, okay, well, what is the music I like? What do I want to do? And Black Eyed Peas was looking for a new singer and they vibed and clicked and she, she took that and run. And I mean, honestly, like she was met with a lot of, uh, like people didn't like her that were fans of the Black Eyed Peas and said, Hey, you're trying to take a mainstream. You're making them pop and making it about you. But what are the songs that we know about, about Black Eyed Peas? It's everything that Fergie has had her voice on. Okay, so uh, I have a story because I went to go see the just was it Justified mm-hmm. tour with uh, Justin Timberlake and Christina Aguilera, mm-hmm. um, which was amazing. I'll never. This is a st- stupid story, but uh, I'll never forget. I had binoculars because I was in the cheap seats, mm-hmm. and there was a moment, and I was still in the closet where I was looking through the binoculars at Justin Timberlake, and he looked right back at me and stared me at the eyes like he stared me in the eyes with these like <laughs> eyes and I swear I thought he was looking straight into me and that was the moment when I was like ah, I have to come out of the closet <laughs> just looked at me okay but um, the Black Eyed Peas opened they were the opening act and I personally didn't know who they were I know they had already had two albums but they hadn't really gone mainstream and um I didn't know who they were but I'll never forget they they opened up that concert and no one was there to see the Black Eyed Peas, but they overtook that stadium as if everyone was there to see the Black Eyed Peas. And I go to a lot of concerts. I've only seen this happen maybe like three times. Um, 
and they took over that thing. You swear everyone was there to see the Black Eyed Peas and we had no idea who we, they were. We had never heard these songs before, but they literally opened the concert with Where Is The Love? And we were like, what the fuck? This song's amazing. Oh my God, this girl's amazing. Like there were literally people whispering in the cheap seats. Is that Christina Aguilera? Is that Christina Aguilera? And no, it's Fergie. Yeah. Uh, a little salty about the Black Eyed Peas because Where Is The Love is actually a song, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong. I want to say it's a song by City High. And I think that they repurposed it for Black Eyed Peas. Oh, really? Um, I don't know. I don't know the history of it. Zon was like their Educate producer. the children. Why? This is like, so yeah, fact check me on this because I'm just, I'm just going. Yeah, I'm going to check right but, now. But um, I believe that Black Eyed Peas is the one that kind of elevated them, produced their, their, their first big album that got them all the solos, uh, all, the, all, the, all the record uh, hits. And so I believe that City High was kind of like another like hip hop group. And it was City High, are they the ones that say, I remember what them. It what was would you do of, if your son yeah, was at home, crying all alone on the bedroom floor? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sleep with a man for a little bit of money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sad song, right? Um, and Very so, truthful. So, but it was it was a hip hop like trio that had a uh, had a girl singer that like sang, you know, really well. And it was Claudette. And she actually, she's I I was I had this like thing that I was like, man, like City High was kind of like releasing all these songs or Claudette was really like this voice behind these really good songs that got handed over to other pop stars. So if I'm correct, Where's Love was originally a City High song that then Fergie took those vocals and the rest of the guys took that. And then- um, And they wouldn't have gone mainstream either if Justin uh, yeah, Timberlake- I believe, I, I, and like I said, I could be so wrong, but then also um, City High, the-, the I'm not thing, seeing anything here about it, belonging to any other artists. We'll do some more research. We'll let you guys no know. Worries, yeah. yeah, so anyway, random fact though, that Claudette was in City High and she would sing these songs and she actually ended up singing Hips Don't Lie with Wyclef Jean originally, but then they repurposed it and gave it to Shakira for the Havana night, 30 Dancing Havana. Ooh. And it became this huge Ooh. hit. I was so mad. Oh, well that I knew, yeah. Actually, Hips Don't Lie, as a fun fact, was actually written originally for the, for, um, uh, the, the Fugees. Um, and it originally was called Lips Don't Lie. Um, but Lauren Hill didn't want to record it because she said she didn't like it. And so he was like, okay, I'll give it to Shakira. And then Shakira made it a huge hit. Yeah. Well, that was years later. I mean, the, the Fugees were broken up long before. Hips well, I think, I think that they, I think it was for their like reunion album or something mm-hmm. that never, that actually ended wow, up not happening. Oh, wow. God, but, um, story. So anyway, so, um, but yeah, no, Fergie, I think helped elevate. I mean, yeah, it was crossover, but she wasn't giving you pop vocals. She was giving you like, singing and i had a friend who saw the black eyed peas like in new orleans at some like jazz fest or something and at first they were just on the radio and then uh, my friend cam was like oh my gosh this girl fergie can really sing and she was just like what who is this person i thought it was just gonna be a pop they're just a pop little group and she talked about the show and like they use live music to have all that so i was like yeah duh it's stacy stacy like knows what's up she can sing so- I like what, what you're saying about there being a long tradition of changing and interpreting the national anthem, mm-hmm. you know, going back to Marvin Gaye, going back further to Jimi Hendrix. And, and you're saying that Fergie is only adding to that canon by giving you this sexy, jazzy version of the national anthem that's well within her rights as an American and it's well <laughs> within the tradition of music. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's just adding to the canon of, of uh, that's yeah. what, that's your argument for why this version is, is good. Yeah. Cause I, cause, cause, okay. So I, I, cause I kind of agree with Daniel on the, uh, yeah, 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 he's at the end. I don't like, 
But, but it's, it's not. Well, I think I think when Ryan bad. was, it's not as bad. Uh-huh. It's, it, it got over exaggerated because it was kind of like, well, I remember watching, being like, what is she doing? Like, what's happening? And then I was like, oh, she's doing her own little thing. And I really thought it was just a little like clap, like we're gonna do some like something different. And then I was like, okay, maybe she lost a little bit. I, if anything, my my, if I had to be, what is it, objective? I would say we maybe need to bring up the instrumental a little bit, so we knew that there was this whole like orchestration happening and also bring down the key a bit so that it was a little bit more manageable because I feel like we were there was a lot of reaching in the early parts of the song and it's already a very hard song to sing so I think if it was yeah. like better key a little bit better sound mixing and a step lower I think what Ryan mix. I think what Ryan steps is slower the vibe the vibe that I'm getting from Ryan is kind of like a for effort um she definitely tried her best and that is worth something um the attempt fell a little short but she was very it's, well intentioned. It's not that bad. Like I don't know why. It's not like Cataluna. It's just like strange. It's not as Roseanne Barr. Okay, Roseanne Barr infamously gave the worst rendition of the well, national anthem of all time. But that's not even. Yeah, but you can't even. She's not that a singer. That was like insulting. She grabbed. She she grabbed her crotch and gave like a to the to the crowd. Um, yeah, but that's also like, what are you doing asking Roseanne Barr to sing the national anthem? Like, what did you expect? Were they expecting her to be able to sing that? And Fergie is like respectable in the music. It wasn't like she was really trying to like do anything other than provide like that, take an artistic leap. And I mean, what what is sports, but also in its own way, taking artistic leaps, you know? What is sports except for artistic leaps? What is hurdling at the Olympics? Exactly. So she went. She went. For, she went for that half court shot, and it just, you know, it, it, it was a flick of the wrist. It didn't, it didn't. It didn't have the same snap and release that you know, it should have ha- have had. Oh my god! That's I all I know about sports. There, but, um, <laughs> but I actually don't mind it. I actually feel like to the, the the there's, it the effort is there. I think there was also thought the intention. There's nothing there that was ever like truly insulting and i i think that while the apology was unnecessary because i don't think that she performed it in a way that was even really about her to me as a fergie fan i thought she was gifting us this it was a gift it wasn't like some other pop singers who are just like eyes closed hands up and we're just in it we're we're just doing masturbatory exactly she was i felt like body language the vibe was very much like here you go america here is our anthem and reinvent let's, let's 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 play some ball i think she actually says that at the end too i think she's like let's play some ball like i think <laughs> that's what but, but i feel like it was, it was yeah cool. the enthusiasm becomes camp at the end it becomes but camp. i know and and i think she it, it sucks too because i guess you know this is also going to show where you once once you know note to all of the future famous people like us like once we become famous david then you have to remember to have, like you have to have no people in our lives. You have to have people that say no or wait or are you sure? You can't have yes people 100% because guess what? We're, we, while we may be able to take that artistic leap, we won't necessarily get to have all of the insight to make us have the best artistic leap as possible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think that it's if you kind of look at the trajectory of like stars who maybe mm-hmm. have had downfalls, it's because they tend to surround themselves with people who just only tell them what they want to hear. Mm-hmm. And then it clouds your head yeah. and just makes you feel like, oh my God, I really am this unstoppable 
beautiful and perfect person. But it's not mm. terrible. She knows how to, I mean, she's got that big mama voice. I love her. Yeah, I mean, I like, like, I like Fergie. Like I said, I don't, I do not like her rendition of the song, yeah. but I love her as a vocalist. I think that it was just also, shout out to like the sound designers, sound engineers and the live music space, because they really do make or break an artist too when you're using different media and all of that. And I think part of that was, you know, it just wasn't the right, it didn't all line up. And that's not to, that, I'm not, faulting at all the, the people that do it but when it's right then you can do those things and really do it with abandon because all the elements are working together it's it can't just be the artist saying okay cool i'm gonna do my own thing and it kind of kind of leave out these other elements in the dark that actually do it because if you listen if you go listen to your little headphones to the internet so you can hear the music underneath <laughs> because there was the memes right that guy that plays songs under people he was doing his own composition of fergie's song and like modulating keys and really trying to make it a thing and and that's where i was like you know what that's for me so that's when i was like you know what fergie she 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 thought this through and there is music there is composition so like to go here and be like oh here's some hunky dory little cha-cha-cha you know accompaniment to make it even funnier i was like that's not to me i mean i'm not uh, shaming i'm not upset but i'm just like you know what no let's let's get the facts right she went there prepared she didn't wing it she wasn't she went there and executed what she had prepared which is also, unfortunately, you know, every single, every single artist has had performances where it like that was not it. Unfortunately for Fergie, hers just happened to be in this like nationally televised, yeah. Yeah. you know, platform because we've all because they've all had you can look at any music artist. All you got to do is go to YouTube and be like this person worst vocals. Mm -hmm. And it's a whole compilation of them in concert not sounding great. Um, um, that's true. And um, it, it, before we got to wrap up we've been talking for an hour and a half but um, uh poor Fergie she got divorced last year from the hunky Josh Dumal oh well didn't he like wasn't he like consistently cheating on her or something probably I waited I waited on Josh Dumal at, my, um, at the restaurant I worked at in New York oh, was he nice he was super nice well I'm a big um, all my children fan from back in the day because that's where he first got famous <laughs> so I was like oh my god I love all my children and then he like seriously gave me the full the full, like, I'm going to be overly nice to you treatment that he probably gives to, like, the housewives that loved all my children. He fully went into, you you're a housewife <laughs> mode and, like, gave me the, like, Josh Dumal, Tan Yeah, Hamilton, you have to, that's, see, that's good. Eyebrows, that is, like, well, that, thank you for that's, watching. That's really good because there, there are certain stars that I've noticed that, like, hate being recognized. No, he certain, was super nice. Yeah, and certain stars that if you tell them like, oh, I saw you. Like, I remember when I used to work in Sephora and we would get like Broadway Hue all the time. And one time um, Nick Adams came in and I remember that was the day after I saw him I in Priscilla. Uh, no, that was, the day, that was the day after <laughs> I saw him in Priscilla. And I remember he, I don't know what he asked. I think he asked me for some like skincare or something. And I was just like, oh my gosh, by the way, I saw your show yesterday. You were so great. And he literally like rolled his eyes at me and was like, ugh. Thanks. I was like, oh. Okay, so I, I just to feel go... like your welcome would have been so much art. Uh, you know, I feel like thank yeah, you would have been just so much thank easier. You. Well, he he well, he did, but with like with rolling his eyes, which you know, he's been kind of nice to me. He probably just got embarrassed. I don't know in his defense. But when we one of the times that me and uh, my friend Alex went to because we went a couple of times to see Britney in Vegas, but one of the times we were there in the pit and he was there with two of his friends also in the pit, and. Um, and we kept running into each other all over Vegas, but we went to the after party that night that Derek Berry hosted in Vegas. And we were both at the bar ordering drinks at the same time. And this, my friend Alex will never ever stop making fun of me for, for this moment because um, I go to Nick Adams and I'm like, oh, hey, yeah. 
how did you like the show, blah, blah, blah. And I literally asked him, so what are you drinking? As if he was going to, like, as if I was going to buy him a drink. And, but I wasn't even thinking that. I was just making conversation. So he tells me the drink. And then I look at him and I'm like, cool. And I got like nervous and walked away. David. <laughs> Such a loser uh, moment. Uh, yeah, and I wonder if he remembers because I ran into him, I don't know, before the pandemic, I, I was at Hale and Hardy and I ran into him and he gave me a look like, I know you from somewhere, but I can't remember where. And I just didn't say anything. I just kept eating my soup. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure, I like I said, I always, with any celebrity, quote unquote, I mean, I don't know if he's considered a celebrity, but like any, uh, any- no, I mean, I don't know. He's, you know, I don't know. <laughs> He's a Broadway Whatever. star. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, so I, whenever um, I meet someone who is in the public eye that I've met and they have, in my mind, been less than nice with me or rude, I always kind of let them, I give them a free pass, like, one time. Because I'll be like, okay, well, maybe I approached that the wrong way. Maybe I caught them on a bad day. Um so I don't know. If you, maybe it's nice. Um, yeah, but Tad, Tad Hamilton, I like to call him Josh Dumal. Tad Hamilton was he gave me the full soap opera star treatment. Uh, like, oh, yes, that's so sweet. Most of the people that I've star. met have been super, super nice. You know who was so nice to me? A Broadway actor, um, Michael Cerberus. He was like the sweetest. Oh, he is so nice. He is was one and, of like, the nicest dreamy. guys I've ever There's met. There's something dreamy about him, right? It is, oh. and it's funny because he doesn't look like your typical like heartthrobby guy. But there's just something about him that I'm, I don't even know if he's. I don't, I don't know if he's gay, but... Uh, yeah, we, we've talked too much. We got we to gotta wrap up. Ryan, it's been lovely, lovely having you. Thank you so much for... Loved uh, it, Ryan. Ah, yeah, Ryan. It was the best. Thank you. It's an honor just to be nominated. Yes, um, you're so silly. You've got to come back and defend more divas. You obviously have a lot of opinions, so... Yeah, well, he was sometimes... <laughs> I think he was defending defending some that he didn't Everyone. even expect I to know, defend. I know, I know, I know. He's so <laughs> silly. Just as an iconic class, he comes here to say, I hate Katy Perry, and then as soon as I start dogging Katy Perry, he starts defending Katy Perry, just, just, to, just to disagree with me. Love that, uh, love that. <laughs> okay, Ryan, uh, have a great... Loved having you, Ryan. Bye. All right, see you, Ryan. Um, so before we wrap up, um, Danny... Um, yeah, so, so I, I think I ended up agreeing with Ryan. I, you still laugh at, at, at Fergie maybe, but I think I agree with Ryan that we, um, we should celebrate the tradition of changing the renditions of the national anthem. So I agree with that. So I mean, um, yeah, when it works. Yeah. Uh, there was so much we didn't talk about about that I wanted to talk about about Fergie. So um, oh. well, uh, well, I'm we'll sure I'm sure I, she'll come up again. Come up in another podcast at some other time. Um, but um, it's been fun. Uh, oh, 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 sorry. The sound of Britney Spears brewing coffee means that it is time for our weekly segment, the up and coming diva of the moment who is having oh, a moment yes. in the moment we are having right now. Tell us who's having a moment, David. <laughs> this week's uh, uh, up and coming diva is Jamie Floyd, who's a country singer based in Nashville. And um, she actually had a song on Kesha's last album with us. Uh, oh. It's really good. Uh, check her out. She's got her, her debut album is going to be coming out soon. Uh, check out her video. They just premiered her video on CMT. And uh, I actually know her because she also writes musical theaters and she's writing a musical called The King's Wife, uh, which Love I was that. in a reading of at Primary Stages, uh, which I played King Henry VIII. And I just, oh. she's, uh, it's, she's a great songwriter. She's kind of a genius. And I'm just, 
So yeah, you really should get into Jamie Floyd if you guys like country, um, or if you like Kesha. Is it like is it like country country or is it like country? She's pop? country. Her own sound is country country, but okay. she's she's been writing with a bunch of other artists. She wrote she had a song on Kesha's last album that's really good, um, which is not it's more like pop, but um, she it, Brian Wilson produced it and she wrote it and it's just like it's a great track. So um, I love Kesha. We haven't talked about Kesha at all. So oh, we should talk about yeah, her eventually. Someone's gonna have to someone will have to defend her like Like, her her last album or something i don't know i don't think her last two her last two albums are genius though there are a lot of pop gays that don't like it they want trashy dance kesha and i'm living for artistic new kesha like i kind of feel like when you go through what she went through i feel like you you have to kind of make a statement about that yeah Mm. um you know (sighs) i loved her song praying and that was like it Great. is, uh, it, yeah. So um, that well, anyway, let's we'll talk about it more. Um, we'll talk about it more next next week. So um, okay, yeah, sometime. So uh, have a great week, Danny. Thank and you. We'll see you next time. All Bye. right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.